New Yorkers are known for pounding the pavement to get what they want. But you can't pound the pavement without a good pair of shoes. Hi, I'm George Boldarki, and this is Cityscape. On this week's show, we're slipping into the world of shoes, going toe-to-toe with experts on footwear, and getting to the heel, not the heart of the matter. Okay, enough with the footwear puns, and let's get this program started, shall we? If you're like most New Yorkers, the harsh winter weather has wreaked havoc on your shoes. Enter Jim's Shoe Repair in Midtown Manhattan. They've been fixing and spiffing up shoes since 1932. I went to Jim's East 59th Street location to talk with third-generation owner Joseph Rocco. My name is Joe Rocco. I am the owner, current owner with my son Andrew. Um, I'm third generation and uh, Andrew's fourth generation. So what's the story behind Jim's? Who first opened it? My grandfather opened Jim's back in 1932. Um, He was an Italian immigrant, came here. Uh, He picked up the name Jimmy. Back in the day, I guess that's what they did when they came over. He get an English-speaking name. And he opened Jim's. That's why he named it Jim's Shoe Repair. And that's like a big question. Who, how to get the big, how to get named Jim's. And um, that's how we got it. Uh, then he had three sons, Julio, John, and my father, Joe. And they all became Jim at one point or another as, as they got older. And they took over the business. And... I started at a school on Saturdays back in 1973, learning the business, and then I graduated college, became a CPA, still in the accounting business, doing taxes, but I stayed in family business. And my son Andrew, my oldest son, decided to come into the business too. How would you say the shoe repair business has evolved over the years? Well, basically, we do everything like we used to do, by hand. I mean, they have machines that do things, but we just do the old-fashioned way. Uh, a lot of these shoes are custom, and they're built by hand anyway, so it's better for the shoes. It changed because, I guess, it got expensive to stay in the city, and the cost is very high, so it's tougher for us to survive. And this is why we went more into, um, I guess we had to upgrade into the Internet and uh, started an e-commerce shoe repair business. How does that work? Well, we call it, uh, it's a division of gyms, and we call it uh, Cobbler Concierge. And people can log into the website and put an order in, send it to us. They can pick trust us, and we'll give them, when it gets here, we tell them what they need. And most people select that. Uh, they can, we own the word shoes, I think it's 76437. You can text the word shoes, and you can do all your order by text and have the shoe shipped. Uh, people can order a box. And we'll send the box, and they can send the shoes back, or they can send their own box directly to us. And uh, the customer gets before and after pictures, and they can and they, and they can um, look at the progress of the shoes, where it's, what's happening with it. And uh, it's more for a nationwide thing. Has Jim's always been in this location on East 59th Street? We've been here for 85 years. Uh, we will be. Uh, we will have. Right now, we have a kiosk in Bloomingdale's in Soho in the women's department but on March in March 25th or close to about then we should be in the uh, 59th street store on the fifth floor after they redo it and we'll be there with a 200 square foot room and uh, we'll be able to take in shoe repairs help customers and sell products too so we're expanding a little bit there too what are among the more common repairs that you do 
Uh, most uh, women we more lifts, rubber soles to protect the uh, thin soles that, uh, that they make when they buy the shoes. Men's a lot of them are the heels. We do the soles too. Those are the most common soles and heels. Are the streets of New York City especially tough on shoes? They're tough on shoes. They're tough on bags. So we do we do we do high end bags now and pocketbooks and belts. And the shoes get uh, really roughed up in Manhattan, so we have a lot of touching up to do for these shoes. What about the winter? I would imagine the winter takes a beating on shoes. The rain and the snow and the salt that they throw down to melt the snow kills the shoes. So if you don't get that salt off quick, it starts to eat at your, at your shoes, at your leather. So you said that you do the repairs by hand. How long does that typically take to repair a shoe? No, it's not much long. I mean, sometimes, uh, like when you put a heel on, everybody puts it on the same way, but then we'll have a one nail at a time into the shoe where you can get a nailing machine to, to just shoot the nails in real fast, but that's not, I'm not a fan of that. I just I just like the old, old way, just by hand. It, the men are very good, and they get it done quick. Old school is sometimes fast. How many people do you have working here? Uh, we have right now about 16. And do you train, or are these folks coming to you having had experience repairing shoes? Most of them have experience repairing shoes, but they have to come in and learn the way I want, we want to do it. We have our own system and the way we do the shoes, and they come in. I mean, obviously, they have their own way, and we explain to them this is how we want it done, and they do it. And the way it's done is the way that your grandfather did it? My grandfather, my father, I did my son's learning, and... Um, and the biggest thing is uh, we want quality work, take care of the customers, customer service. I mean, those are the two big things. And, you know, also uh, treat my employees very well. And uh, that's the combination that always worked here. 85 years, do you have customers that have been coming to you for years and years and years? A lot of them, yeah. I mean, now it's, it's sad because, you know, my father's 87. He comes in once in a while now. But a lot of those customers that came in when I was a kid, they were very old. And then you don't see them anymore. You know? And then family members come in and tell me, oh, he passed away. And it's sad because you know him a long time, 30, 40 years. And... What was it like for you growing up in the shoe repair business, if you will? Well, like I said, I was going to school also. So, But it's you learn business, too. It's not just shoe repair. You learn how to run a business because, like I said, we've been here 85 years. So if you don't run a business right and do the right thing by the customer you're not going to last 85 years. How meaningful is it for you that your son has decided to come work with you? No, it means a lot for the family. I mean, it's a family business. He's keeping up tradition. I mean, it's tougher than it was years ago with the cost, but he wants to do it, and he's very good at it. He, he's better at it at his age now than I was, so I guess every generation gets better. That we're looking to be here for long years to come. I mean, you know, we have, uh, we, we go to, our lease goes to 2023, where, where the e-commerce is starting to really work, and being in Bloomingdale's, uh, they're a great, uh, great store, and they actually came to us and asked us, and I thought it was a great opportunity. And, and uh, I like it down in Soho. I met a lot of people there, and they run their their store very well. And I'm excited to have a chance to start there with them. So it's that's it's something new. It's like it's not like the old-fashioned. We just had the store. Now we're going to e-commerce. Now we're in Bloomingdale's. So it's. It's exciting. And either way, the gym's name goes on, right? Whether it's here or online or both. That's right, because the gym's, is, it really is Jim Shuri Pay. If you look online, it's Cobbler Concierge. It's a catchy name, but it's still owned by gyms, and it's a division of Jim Shuri Pay. And they're going to do this. I mean, we do all the repairs here, even for the e-commerce. Everything gets mailed here, or we do the work here. So it's still gyms.
Great, Joe. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Joseph Rocco is a third-generation owner of Jim's Shoe Repair in Midtown Manhattan. Ever find a to-die-for pair of shoes that just don't fit right or downright hurt? Ennis Lowe has been helping New Yorkers combat foot pain since 1909. I visited the company's president and CEO, Bob Schwartz, at Ennis Lowe's flagship store at 470 Park Avenue South. My name is Bob Schwartz. I'm the owner of Ennis Lowe Shoes. Uh, we are a company that's been in business since 1909. Uh, I've been running it since 1974. And we specialize in comfort shoes for people who have special needs, like being comfortable and being pain-free walking on the concrete jungle of New York City. You say special needs. That's not a special need. That's a necessity to be comfortable, no? Exactly. Most everybody has special needs, particularly once you live in New York City. If you are a New York City person and you walk for life, you are a special needs customer because eventually your feet are going to be crying or your back or your knees or your hips or your ankles. And we, our model is to help all of those conditions by using shoes, special shoes, regular shoes, and then customizing them to fit each person's particular needs. How many people do you think are walking around New York City in shoes that make their feet hurt? I would say no less than 80 percent particularly if they're 35 and older, because feet do break down. Particularly the more active you are, the more likely it is that your feet are going to start to cause you problems. Probably the number one diagnosis is plantar fasciitis. And that's just really the arch stretching out, not providing enough support and not acting as a lever when we need to push our foot forward. The foot works in multiple facets from the time we hit the ground until the time we lift our foot off the ground. And it's actually when we lift our heel up and all of our weight is only on the front of our foot that most of the problems take place. So that's something that's going to happen, particularly in these tight boxes we call shoes. And most people are wearing shoes that are as small as their feet or smaller than their feet. And they don't realize that our feet get bigger as we get older and the ability of the foot to function just like our hands function. We have similar muscles in our feet than in our hands, and yet we think of them as this rigid box. Well, we put them into these tight boxes, and then they can't work. So our goal is to get people to wear shoes that make them feel like they're actually barefoot. We call it barefoot freedom. And if people follow the best rules for themselves, they have about a quarter of an inch of toe room from the end of their longest toe to the end of the shoe, so that the feet can actually go through its full range of motion. So why do you think it is that so many of us settle when it comes to footwear? I think a number of reasons. One is we're not aware that our feet are changing. We think we're staying the same, even though gravity is pulling us down. And when we're, today is my 77th birthday. Happy birthday. When we're 77, our body is shorter vertically and yet longer horizontally. And so our feet are getting bigger. We don't, we're not aware of it. I think the other key is that we don't want to wear shoes that we think of as ugly, particularly women. And so they'll stay in uncomfortable shoes because it goes with their outfits. It's a, it's a fashion accessory rather than a mechanical need that the shoe is fulfilling to separate us from the concrete we walk on. Or a lot of people wear the shoe once, throw it in a closet, and never wear it again because it hurts. Exactly. There are, in fact, we also do shoes for the homeless. 
In fact, anyone who's listening, bring your shoes to any of our NSLO locations, and they will go to needy populations either locally or internationally. And because people do have a lot of shoes in their closets they don't wear or under their bed or by their door or wherever they store their shoes in the multiple places, um, most of the time when the shoe doesn't feel good, it's not going to ever feel good. On the other hand, there are things that can be done to make a shoe comfortable. Even a shoe that's too narrow can be made wider. Oftentimes a shoe that's too short really can't be made longer. That's almost impossible, although there are some tricks. But narrow shoes can be made wider. Shoes can be made more comfortable. More support can be put in. More cushioning can be put in. The heel heights can be changed. The cushion under the sole can be increased. Different kinds of modifications can be done. So a lot of shoes that are uncomfortable, if you bring them into one of the NSL stores, they'll make them more comfortable. And as we get older, our feet do collapse. And so our arches flatten out. That's why they get longer. But that also means the foot's not providing enough support. So the idea of adding support into a shoe is going to help bring the foot back to where it needs to be. If your feet are not bothering you and you love what you're doing and your back doesn't hurt and your knees don't hurt and you're not going to have surgery for whatever it is that you're about to have surgery for, um, then you stay with what you're doing. But if you're getting into trouble and life is slowing you down and your feet are hurting you, your back is hurting you, go to a special retailer in your community we are pedorthists. I'm going to spell it P-E-D-O-R-T-H-I-S-T, pedorthist. I'm going to admit that is a new term for me. I have never heard that term. So the pedorthist profession has existed for really generations. My great-great-grandfather was a custom shoemaker in Hungary in the 19th century. So, so, and I am the fourth generation in my family in this field and my children of the fifth generation. So it's been around forever as a science credentialed by a national certifying body. It's only 40, 1974 was the first graduating class in pedorthics where they gave an exam. And I'm fortunate to have been part of the first graduating uh, class. But this profession exists all over America. They specialize in people who have diabetes and serious foot disorders, but those people can take care of the simplest foot disorders because they have the skills, the expertise, and many of us have the full inventory of shoes for all lifestyles. We have shoes for dress, for casual, for work, for sports, for winter, for spring, for summer, and for fall. You know, whether you need a high heel or a low heel, we've got it all. Plus, we make shoes right here. That's our uniqueness. We modify shoes. We make shoes. We call it a shoe makeover. We'll take your shoes, retrofit them to make them better than new, and still look as beautiful as you want them to look. Now, you yourself are considered a leading expert when it comes to diabetic footwear. Well, I'm an... Thank you. I, I am considered that because I've been doing it for 44 years, and frankly... It's, there's a passion about helping people that leads to expertise. Really, an expert is nothing more than a student that continues to learn. Learning, learning, learning. Why I'm, I'm still excited about this field is because every day there's a new problem that we have to help solve. And everybody's different. You may have the same looking foot, but you are a different person. So you may be more sensitive, or you may be less sensitive, or you may be more tolerant or less tolerant than another person to the same kind of work. So each and every day, my staff and I are busy helping people, transforming their lives. 
you know, that's what I do. That's, and it's not just about diabetes. The reason diabetes is the one that's referred to is because it is the most complex because most people who have diabetic foot disorders have another anomaly that goes with it called neuropathy. And when you get neuropathy, you end up not feeling your feet. And so the message center from the foot back to the brain is not functioning. As a result of it, you don't know you're in trouble. And so people like myself have to make sure you're trained in how to self-manage and that you have the right footwear. But people who have all kinds of arthritis-related problems need us. People whose heels hurt, metatarsals hurt, toes hurt, hammer toes, bunions, or just the aging population of being on our feet for a lifetime. Guys like me, I stayed athletic until I was 65. My body needed, my shoes needed extra support, extra accommodation to accommodate my lifestyle. So that's where my profession really comes in. We can help all lifestyles do better. So has this company been in your family since it started in the early 1900s? Actually, the company was owned by uh, the Lowe family, L-O-W, and Nellie Stone Lowe was the wife of Ed Lowe, and he decided to name the company N period, S period, L-O-W after her. In 19, that was in 1909. In 1926, they opened up the shoe department, and to differentiate it, they called it E-N-E-S-L-O-W, and that's when Saul Lowe came in. So to differentiate the family members, you had Nat, Saul, and Ed Lowe, but the names come out of the Lowe family. My family has been in the business since my father and, and his uncle came from Hungary, and they opened up their, their shop in, 19, in the mid-30s and had a completely different name. But in 1968, the Lowe family decided to sell N.S. Lowe, the shoe company. And my father always thought it was the best comfort shoe store in New York by far. And when it became available, he saw it as something that would be great for his family. He, has, he had two boys, twin sons and a daughter, and he thought that one of us would end up managing and running it, and that's what happened. How many NSLO locations are there in New York City? We have three locations at, the time, at this time. We have one in Little Neck, Queens, and we have two in Manhattan, one on the Upper East Side at 2nd Avenue between 78th and 79th Street, and our headquarters where we do our custom work is at 470 Park Avenue South at 32nd Street. What's on your website? Happy feet equals happy people? Happy feet make people happy. There you go. And, and comfort is always in fashion at NSLO. Bob, thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure. Bob Schwartz is president and CEO of Enneslow Shoes and Orthotics. Now on to a pair of shoes most of us will never wear in our lifetime. Point shoes. Point shoes are those hard satin ballerina shoes you'll see on the feet of dancers at Lincoln Center. Freed of London supplies point shoes for American companies like our very own New York City Ballet. On the phone with me now is Freed of London production manager Gary Higgins. Gary, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. Oh, that's no problem, George. So, Gary, let's talk about point shoes. For those not familiar with them, what are point shoes? A point shoe is a shoe that the dancer actually stands on point, on the on her tiptoes. So um, that's the best way to explain it, basically. Uh, it's a shoe that's made with a flat on the end that allows the dancer to go up on point. 
and that's exactly what we call them, point shoes. So what are point shoes actually made of? Well, it's um, a combination of three or four things, really. We start off with the last. Uh, we attach the sole to the last, pull the upper over, and then we insert a block that's made up of, of glues, essians, cards, and papers. Uh, and then we last the shoe up. It's a turn shoe, so um, we then get the shoe stitched on a welting machine. It comes back to the maker. It turns the shoe, bangs it out all nice and neatly, and then stands it up with a point on the point, and uh, that's a point shoe. How long does it take to make one point shoe, or a pair, I should say? A pair, on average, I'd say the makers take around, uh, can make between four and five pair an hour. So they work for eight hours, so, you know, you can work it out, 35, 35 to 40 pair a day. How many makers do you have there at Freed of London? Well, in Freed of London, in the company, we've got 22 makers. We've got nine based in London. We've got nine based in Leicester, which is in the Midlands. And we've got four in Norwich, which is on the East Coast. So they're spread around the three sites. And I have to visit all three sites. So every site I go to, it's a 100, 120-mile trip. So... Uh, and I'm based in Leicester. I'm originally from the Leicester branch. What's the history of the company? Well, the company was started in 1929 by uh, Mr. Frederick Freed, who basically um, used to work for a company called Gamba, who made point shoes. And he thought, I can make a better shoe than them. So that was the, the start. He, he just went on his own. Uh, I think the, what made the company was um, getting Margot Fontaine. And Margot Fontaine, being the top ballet dancer at the time, she started wearing Mr. Freed's or Freed shoes, and I think that was the making of the company. Point shoes themselves date back to, what, the early 19th century, would you say? Yeah, I, I actually think the... It, don't quote me on it, but I think it actually started in Russia or somewhere like that, as a form of point shoe. Um, obviously, only when machinery came into, you know, into being that, you know, we make them how we make them now. How, if at all, would you say point shoes have evolved since they were first made? Well, I've been with the company almost 40 years now. Wow. And, yeah, and still made the same as when I first walked through the door 40 years ago and actually made a point shoe. We make them exactly the same. We've had slight manufacture changes because of sourcing satins and leathers, but basically the shoe is made exactly the same as it was before Marton, well before Marton. Now, does the company have a lot of longevity like you? 40 years, wow, like I said. Yeah, we had uh, we actually had one maker, F maker, who did 46 years for the company huh. and retired about 18 months ago. And at the end of last year, we had a guy, O maker, Fr Enric, his name was. He retired. He was 69 years of age. They're all making punches. <laughs> Now, you mentioned that today you are using machinery, but I would imagine still that a fair amount of the work is done by hand, right? It sounds like. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're all handmade. Everything's handmade apart from the machining up, the cutting of the soles and the uppers, uh, the machining of the uppers, the channeling of the sole. Uh, but everything else is all constructed by hand, yeah. How tedious is that work? That, well, the time just flies because you're so busy, you just not got time to think about it. The day just flies by. It's, it, it, it's great to watch. You, you really are. I've showed many people around and done demos, and everybody is amazed with the finished, what we start with and the finished shoe. It's amazing. Now, I would imagine that your point shoes are at use here in New York City, right, at Air Ballet? They are very much so at New York City Ballet, very much so. I think we supply majority, if not all, of New York City Ballet. Now, why do you think it is that many professional dancers, including those here in New York City, choose to wear Freed of London? Yeah, well, I could say we're the best, but also we give the dancer what they want, and that could be any spec you want. We'll, we'll give you any event measurement, any side measurement that we can actually achieve, back measurement, any insole that you want. We will do anything to give the dancer what they want. We've got so many different types of insoles that go in. We've got the stock insoles that go in shoes, but we've got such a multitude of different types of insoles that go in. Some leather, some 40 flex, some free flex, some three-quarter cut, some full cut. It's amazing. It's endless. If you say, I want the insole to be three inches long in a size six shoe, we'll give you a three-inch insole in a size six shoe. That's, you know, that's... A, what we do. What's the lifespan of a point shoe? How many performances can they be worn for? Well, I'm not an expert, but I'm told that the dancers, when they find a pair of shoes that they really like, they'll they'll like, you know, they like kind of don't want to get rid of them. But I'm told that the uh, prima ballerinas, when they do a big performance, they'll wear one pair of shoes per performance. Now, I'm not sure how true that is, but I've been given that information. What does it mean when a point shoe dies? Uh, it means it gets all nice and soft and, and everything. All the uh, characteristics of the shoe all break down. The point goes soft, the sides go soft, the insole. It's just like having an old pair of boots with a worn out, I should imagine. Now, are point shoes specifically made for female dancers, for ballerinas, or for male dancers as well? Well, we do actually, believe it or not, make ballet shoes, point shoes, for men as well. We don't get many orders, but we there's a company in uh, England, in London, uh, I think it's called the Trocadero, and, and they're actually, it's a male company that do point shoe work. It takes a long while to train a guy. I, I do all the training, and it can take anything up to six months for them to actually master being able to make a, a point shoe. And then before we even consider them for um, specials, it can be anything from a year up to two years. Does it take a certain type of person, would you say, to be in this line of work? Yeah, you, you need... Um, a lot of determination, mentally as well as physically. You got to have the right aptitude. You got to have the right attitude, and first of all, you got to 
like hard work because if you don't, you won't be able to stick this job. So before you were a trainer, you were a maker yeah. yourself. Yeah, I started. I started in the, at the company um, as a softo maker, and then uh, moved on to stitching. And then I was the first one to be trained in Leicester to make point shoes. And then um, as it evolved, I just kind of climbed the ladder and and I'm now, you know, um, classic point shoe production manager. What are among the more common questions you get when people find out what you do for a living? A few taxi drivers have said to me in the past when I tell them what I do, oh, they say, has that got wood in the end of the the issue and I said no no it's it's just paste SEN cards and a lot of hard work and dedication from the makers but they actually think there's wood in the end of the shoe <laughs> do you yourself go to the ballet often I have I have been to the ballet a few times I did a demo at the Royal um, uh, Royal Albert Hall Years ago, and afterwards, we, uh, myself and my wife, watched the uh, Swan Lake, and that was that was great. We enjoyed that. What do you think when you see those dancers on their toes in your shoes? Yeah, well, I'm like looking for the dancers and the names, and going, oh yeah, that's. I can tell you what size, what fitting they <laughs> are, and and what specs they have. It's it's sad, really, but <laughs> it's my life. I'm afraid. <laughs> All right, Gary, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about point shoes. Okay, Jewish, no problem. Gary Higgins is production manager at Freed of London. More on their point shoes at freedoflondon.com. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. My thanks to producer Caroline Rotante. My name is George Borarki. Thank you so much for listening.